The Bible Study Podcast, episode 573. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Kings chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on this study of kings and we jump back to Israel with Jehu. Jehu, anointed king of Israel. The prophet Elisha summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, Tuck your cloak into your belt, take a flask of olive oil with you, and go to Ramoth-Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Go to him, get him away from his companions, and take him into an inner room. Then take the flask and pour the oil on his head and declare, This is what the Lord says, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and run. <laughs> Don't delay. So the young man went to Ramoth-Gilead. When he arrived, he found the army officers sitting together. I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which of us? asked Jehu. For you, commander, he replied. Jehu got up and went into the house. Then the prophet poured the oil on Jehu's head and declared, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you the king over the Lord's people Israel. You are to destroy the house of Ahab your master, and I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel. The whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slaves or free. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, son of Ahijah. As for Jezebel, dogs will devour her on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then he opened the door and ran. Then Jehu went out to his fellow officers. One of them asked, Is everything all right? Why did this maniac come to you? You know the man and the sort of things he says, Jehu replied. That's not true, they said. Tell us. Jehu said, here is what he told me. This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. They quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. The part of this that I most love is the anoint him king and then run. There's going to be trouble here if you didn't guess it from the fact that Elijah tells this prophet to go anoint a new king who's going to go kill the current king and his whole family, and there's going to be bloodshed. But then anoint him and run, and he does. He anoints him and runs. And we're going to have some trouble here for the house of Ahab. And you can see why God might be upset with them. Not only have they killed the prophets of God, but we also saw last week that they have polluted the family of Judah as well with their ideas. And so they have also become unfaithful because they married into this family. And so each time this happens, usually there's a warning. It's interesting that this time he's not told, or at least we have no reporting of it, and then this same thing will happen to you if you don't serve God. But that's what happened the first two times. So is God already starting to move away from Israel? Don't know, but keep that thought in mind. So he goes out and tells the other army officers, and they right away declare their allegiance to Jehu. Jehu is king. Jehu kills Joram and Ahaziah. 
So Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram and all Israel had been defending Ramath-Gilead against Hazael, king of Aram. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds the Arameans had inflicted on him in the battle with Hazael, king of Aram. Jehu said, If you desire to make me king, don't let anyone slip out of the city and go tell the news in Jezreel. Then he got into his chariot and rode to Jezreel, because Joram was resting there, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, had gone down to see him. When the lookout standing on the tower in Jezreel saw Jehu's troops approaching, he called out, I see some troops coming. Get a horseman, Joram answered. Send him to meet them and ask, Do you come in peace? The horseman rode off to meet Jehu and said, This is what the king says, Do you come in peace? What do you have to do with peace? Jehu replied, fall in behind me. The lookout reported, the messenger has reached them, but isn't coming back. So the king sent out a second horseman. When he came to them, he said, this is what the king says, do you come in peace? Jehu replied, what do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. The lookout reported, he has reached them, but he isn't coming back either. The driving is like that of Jehu, son of Nimshi. He drives like a maniac. Hitch up my chariot, Joram ordered. And when it was hitched up, Joram king of Israel and Ahaziah king of Judah rode out, each in his own chariot, to meet Jehu. They met him at the plot of ground that had belonged to Naboth the Jezreelite. When Joram saw Jehu, he asked, Have you come in peace, Jehu? How can there be peace, Jehu replied, as long as all the idolatry and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel abound? Joram turned about and fled, calling out to Ahaziah, Treachery, Ahaziah. Then Jehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders. The arrow pierced his heart, and he slumped down in his chariot. Jehu said to Bidkar, his chariot officer, Pick him up and throw him on the field that belonged to Naboth the Jezreelite. Remember how you and I were riding together in chariots behind Ahab, his father, when the Lord spoke this prophecy against him. Yesterday I saw the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, declares the Lord, and I will surely make you pay for it on this plot of ground, declares the Lord. Now then pick him up and throw him on that plot in accordance with the word of the Lord. When Ahaziah, king of Judah, saw what had happened, he fled up the road to Beth Hagan. Jehu chased him, shouting, kill him too. They wounded him in the chariot on the way up to near Ibliam, but he escaped to Megiddo and died there. His servants took him by chariot to Jerusalem and buried him with his ancestors in his tomb in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, son of Ahab, Ahaziah, had become king of Judah. So Jehu not only goes and kills one king, but kills the other. Remember, both of these are descendants of Ahab, and that is what he is told he is to do. And when he kills the first king, when he kills Joram, he sees that he is by that vineyard. Remember six, ten chapters ago that there was that vineyard that the king Ahab wanted, and Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. And she manages to falsely accuse the owner kills him so that his vineyard can go to Ahab. And this is the repayment for that as he had been told would happen. And they remember all these years later that this is what was promised to the house of Ahab. And so when they kill 
Joram, they leave his body on that vineyard, just as it had been prophesied. It's interesting, when we hear about Jezebel here, the word witchcraft comes up too. So Jezebel here isn't just practicing idolatry, but apparently some sort of witchcraft as well, or at least that's what people think. So now we have two kings, the king of Israel and the king of Judah, both dead. Jump back to Jezebel killed. Then Jehu went to Jezreel. When Jezebel heard about it, she put on eye makeup, arranged her hair, and looked out a window. As Jehu entered the gate, she asked, Have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master? He looked up the window and called out, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three of the eunuchs looked down on him. Throw her down, Jehu said, and they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered the wall and the houses as they trampled her underfoot. Jehu went in and ate and drank. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except her skull, her feet, and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, who said, This is the word of the Lord, that he spoke through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. On the plot of ground at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like dung on the ground in the plot at Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say, this is Jezebel. So Jezebel, the mother of the king, was still alive. Ahab had died, but Jezebel was still alive, which we hadn't really heard about her for a while since Ahab had died, so we didn't know if she was still in the picture. But she's still in the picture and apparently still involved in idolatry, probably still killing the prophets if she can, and some sort of sorcery or witchcraft or whatever. We don't know what's that all about. But she is killed, and it's interesting, this time Jehu doesn't think, well, I'm going to fulfill the prophecy that was said, like he does the other time. But he says, well, she's the daughter of a king, go bury her, and then they can't find the body. And then he says, oh, right, that's what Elijah said. And so there's this long payoff here that, you know, six, eight chapters ago, Elijah, who's not even around anymore, said this is what's going to happen to Ahab, and this is what's going to happen to Jezebel, and it happens. But it happens some years later. A couple things with that. One is, God's timing is not our timing. Even when it's someone who we think deserves punishment, it may not happen in the timing that we're looking for. But eventually, it all happens. Eventually, all scores are settled and this is important for the people of Israel to remember here in 2 Kings 9, because the clock is ticking. God has been putting up with evil king after evil king after evil king, and he won't do so forever. God is still God, and judgment will still happen. With that sobering note, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. 
To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.